Welcome to the City Women Podcast. I'm Mary Turner, and I'm joined by Ashley Kelly and Sharissa Great. This season, we are focusing in on the Lord's faithfulness and how that has shown up in the lives of several women here at City Church. These stories aren't finished and are oftentimes messy, but the Lord has proven faithful to them time and time again. We pray today's episode gives you hope and encouragement in your own story as well. Let's jump right in. Please welcome Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Hello. Hello. We're so happy you're here today. Thank you. I'm really excited. Stephanie, maybe tell everyone how they might know you here at City Church. Yeah, so I don't know how far we go back, but when I was 18, I moved here, went to worship school, and your father-in-law, the founding pastors, um, said if you come intern here, we'll pay for some of your schooling. So I had scholarship from Chick-fil-A, actually, and then they paid for the rest of it, and they were like, and if you serve and intern here. So I started interning at the church when I was 18, and uh, met my husband here, kind of during a meet and greet. That's a whole nother story. And then uh, he was going to Oakwood for baseball, and then we ended up staying here, and now, and we got married uh, nine years ago when we moved to this new building. Um, so we've been here for a while, and now I am 31, I'm about to turn 32, so I've been here a good part of all of my 20s, and now going to my 30s, and we love it. And um, so I've been, I interned at the church and pretty much did everything, but I've been leading worship for about 13 years here, and then my husband runs sound. And, um, yeah, we've done all kinds of stuff. Uh, it's been a while, but we've done FPU class and city groups. Right now we're doing a young adult city group that we absolutely love. So if you're a young adult, please come to our group on Monday nights at 7. And, um, yeah, but you probably know me from leading worship. Yes, that's true. And we've been talking a little bit about the things that God has done in your life, and I'm really excited for you to share today. And um, what is a way that God has shown his faithfulness to you in your story? So when you asked me that, we kind of talked it through, and I'm glad we did because I need to talk things through. But um, there's so many different times, obviously, that God has been faithful, but I prayed about it, and kind of talking to you, it was like, this is the story that needs to be told. Um, so let's see, what year was it? It was like right around 2020, so maybe 2021. Uh, we lived in a house that God had, that's another story, but God had provided for it us for it and getting into the house was a god thing we lived there i think for six years and it just felt like it was time to move but since zach and i have been married my husband he's had school loans and uh that is something that we wanted to get out of maybe it goes back to fpu but since the moment before we were married we were like debt bad gotta get out and we always felt this like i guess not a freedom about it like that was our main goal is like get out of debt get out of debt And a lot of stuff had happened. Zach had lost his job at one point. Um, It was just hard to get out of, and we always just felt the weight of that. So we always prayed every single day, like, God, get us out of this debt. How can we do it? And when it wasn't happening, I think we would always feel like we weren't good with our money because we weren't out of it yet. Um, So I had been feeling that was just always a desire of our heart. That was always a prayer of ours. Um, And I had been feeling like, I think it's time for us to move. And my husband was like, no, absolutely not. And then that kind of happened for a while. And then, you know, when you just like start looking on Zillow for fun, then it starts <laughs> to become something. So anyways, there was this house that came on the market and it was vacant and it was a fixer upper. And I showed it to my husband and he was like, oh my gosh, that's a really cool house. And I was like, did I get him? Okay. And so we called our realtor and she's like, I can show you today. And we were like, what? And we don't make decisions lightly. We don't make quick decisions unless God says something quickly. We did get married and have children very quickly. But... Um, we usually are very, very, uh, unless we hear God say, you know. 
So it was quick for us. We went and looked at it, and we just felt a ton of peace, and we were like, okay, like, let's make an offer. And this was during the time, if everyone can go back to 2020, when houses were, like, it was a fight, and you overbid and, like, all that stuff. And they weren't on the market for more than a day and all the things. And so I think we overbid, like, a little bit, which was a lot for us. And I don't even know why we thought we could do that. I have no idea. I don't know. Well, I do know now. But, okay. So that was the start to all of it. So we felt peace about it. We made an offer. The next day we hear back from a realtor, and she was like, hey, you got the house. And we were like, what? And so we started crying. We're like, God loves us so much. (laughs) Um, Oh, my gosh. Like, And this was by no means going to help us get out of debt. So I don't even know how we thought we were going to do this, but we were going to fix the house up. So we, I think we were going to get like a bigger, I don't even remember, but I think we were going to go into more debt to do. I don't, the math didn't work out. The math wasn't mathing, but <laughs> we were just going to do it. And so I, of course, I had a Pinterest board with the name of the street. I don't even remember the name of the street now, but um, it had its own board and all the vision that I wanted for it. And then I had been watching a lot of HGTV. You know, I was in the fixer-upper stage. And so I was like, this is going to be awesome. This is my dream. So we're like, okay, now we have to sell our house. Um, And we have small children. And we're like, let's get it ready. There's a lot of stuff that wasn't ready that we got ready really fast, as you do. So we sold it. We had 18 showings in a day or two, I think. So we sold it. Back to the story. We sold it. And we're like, this is God. It's all happening. It's all working out. We heard from him, right? Well, then in this time, people would buy houses without looking at it. And so the wife uh, bought it without the husband looking at it. And so he came back the next week and he was like, no, I don't like it. And we were like, okay. So then we went back to our second offer. They didn't want it. And then we're like, well, now what do we do? Because now once you get the ball rolling, then you're like, I do want to move now. Like, I thought I just wanted to move for this house, but now we both want to move, and it's already in our heads. So we're like, okay, we'll put the house back on the market. Well, it was a contingent offer, so we lost the dream house that we did this for. And we were like, well, that's a bummer. Um, so then we put the house back on the market the next week. It sold again for a little bit less, but it was still – we were going to get a good chunk of equity that we were like, that's the money. We can put half of it down, and then we can fix the house up. It's going to work great. So then we do that. We go back to the house. It's still on the market. We get it again. We have inspections on the dream house at the time. And then the inspections come back, and it's just awful. And we're not fixer-uppers. And we're like, this is going to cost a lot of money. Um, And I remember, I think I was, like, in a drive-thru or something on the phone with Zach. And both of us at the same time, it was just like God hit both of our hearts and was like, this isn't it like and immediately we were both were like we need to pay off our school loans um and we're like okay so we took all the equity of our house I had to call my realtor which I felt so bad about and I was like I don't know what's happening but anyways and my business was in my home so then I was like what am I gonna do with my business like none of it made sense um so anyways we took the equity and paid off all of our school loans which it was like okay now we got the answer that we wanted but it just it looked different than what we thought and it didn't have the same feeling like every night we had thought when we finally get out of debt there's just gonna be so much freedom and all we can do all this stuff but it was way harder than we thought but we felt incredible peace about it so that's what we did and then um we called my parents and we were like 
okay, so we don't have anywhere to go. Can we just like live with you for the summer while we're figuring all this out? Um, so we moved into the house and come to find out, like we have a lot of friends. I would not say that people are not there for us, but somehow like literally nine couples were out of town when we moved. So while Zach was at work and he worked in Tulsa at the time, I moved our whole house by ourselves, and it just, it stunk. It was just like, what is happening right now, like with my life? Um, so we moved it and then me and Zach went back and moved all the big stuff. And then I think it was like midnight that night and we had put the mattress on the floor because we didn't really have anywhere to go in the <laughs> living room. And we just went to bed with like literally ice cream. And I have a picture of it. I should pull it up just so y'all can show it, but, or y'all can see, but we were just like, what's happening? Um, and I just remember crying and being like, what, this isn't what I thought was going to happen when we got freedom and the answered prayer that we, this is a different way of my prayer being answered. Right. Cause you went from living in your own house mm-hmm. with your children, mm-hmm. being in charge of yourself to now living in your parents' basement mm-hmm. on a mattress, eating ice cream. Mm-hmm. It, it was not what you had pictured. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> so that, we said, and you know, you always kind of put timelines on something so that you can go through it. You're like, well, we're just going to do this for three months. And if I tell myself it's three months, I'll be okay. Um, but you can't choose the time. So we moved in with them. And then I think we were still making offers on houses. There was a lot of houses that would go off the market really quickly. Um, I think we made four different offers on houses, I think. And I was kind of thinking through each house because I forget now. At the time, you're like, this is the one. It means so much to me. But now I can't even remember all of them. But um, it's kind of funny. Like, I remembered one would have been a way more money than we should have gotten into. One had a ton of red flags that I was overlooking. One would have been settling. Um, you know, like things that you do. You just, you're like, if I just get to where I'm going, I could settle. I could, you know, all these things. Or I don't deserve this or whatever. Um, but while we were living with my parents in their house, uh, a lot of stuff just kept happening. And it was like, we were trying to be faithful. We knew that God had given us peace about doing something, but then things started happening. And when they start happening, it kind of just pushes you further down. And you're just like, what's happening? Like, what did I do wrong? Um, my mom had had cancer in 2020 when I was, yeah. Okay. She had had cancer already, but then she had surgery. She was good. But then she got diagnosed with, um, like a lymphoma. And so that was like, but it wasn't as bad as the first cancer. So, but it was still a diagnosis of lymphoma, which is not fun. Um, and then my oldest son, he was probably six at the time. Um, he kept having 106 fevers. We could not figure it out. And then the doctor was like, well, let's test him for lymphoma. And that was the week my mom got diagnosed. Um, and it's just scary when you think you're like, you're just like, it's the fear that this is already going wrong. So like, why not have that? And you're thinking, oh, well, maybe it's genetics. If my mom just got diagnosed, why wouldn't my son? So anyways, added that in there. Then my cousin passed away. Gosh, sorry. Now I'm like getting emotional. She was only 33. So that was hard. We were on the phone. Um, we're actually at a conference at Gateway, and I'm going to share something, and I'll, I'll tell you later, but we are at a conference singing a song um, when we found out that she was about to pass. We went to my grandparents' house, and we were all together when it happened. And uh, then after that, my grandma was, like, really having a hard time handling that. 
and we thought it was like she was grieving, but come to find out she had cancer. Um, and then she ended up passing away too over this oh, later she ends up passing, but it just like, we kept getting hit. We kept getting hit, um, harder. And I think that's when it doesn't even like Zach and I were like, it doesn't even matter if we get a house. It doesn't matter. Like, I think sometimes you put so much materialistic and like, if I get this, I'll be happy or whatever. And you're just like, people are what matter. Relationships are what matter. So my parents have always prayed that they would be, and this is probably where the debt freeness comes into me because my dad has like always been like, don't buy his car and like debt free also. Um, they're really good with their money. And uh, he had always prayed every single night that he wanted to not have a mortgage anymore. My parents find this house and they're like, this is our dream house, let's do this. Um, and so they made an offer on it. Well, in the meantime, they were like, well, if you want this house, then you're gonna have to sell your house. So they put their house in the market. And so now we're back in the same situation, basically again. And it's like, uh, now we don't have it, have a house again. And now we're like putting it to show, like we're showing my parents' house now and cleaning it um, with three little kids. But so my parents um, were getting their house to sell and they were like, why are we doing this? Like they literally were like, why are we doing this? Because we're going to kick Zach and Stephanie out. And they didn't want to do that, but they were like, had this piece about doing that. And they were like, why are we doing this too? And we were not mad at them at all. We we're like, we'll get an apartment. It's fine. Like, it's time for us to move on. At this point, it had been a year. And we're like, it's time. And one of our sons was like sleeping on, we have three kids. One of our, our middle son was like sleeping on the ground. Our oldest son was like, mommy, you don't have money. I'll give you a dollar on my wallet. And that was like a moment of my life I don't like to really think about. You're just like, ugh, gosh. Um, <laughs> So anyways, um, then in the meantime, this house goes on Zillow or something and it's for sale by owner and it's like the cutest house ever. And I've never even noticed it before. And that's kind of funny. Usually your answer is something you've never, it always is actually, it's never thought something you thought or planned before. And you're just like, where did that come from? That just popped out of nowhere. Um, in a neighborhood that I've never even driven. Cause I drove every single neighborhood just for fun. And I never driven this neighborhood, not once. And so I sent it to Zach and I was like, look at this house. Like, it's really cute. That would be my dream home one day and never intention of anything. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's cute, babe. And then I sent it to my mom just for fun. And she showed my dad and my dad's like, well, there's an open house tomorrow. Let's go. And mind you, at this time, they were already getting their, quote, dream house. They were just waiting to hear back that they got it because now they've sold their house. So they've sold their house. They're waiting to hear back on their dream house, and then we still have no house. So my dad says, let's go to the open house. So we walk in, and, like, instantly you could just feel the presence of God, honestly. Like, it smells good. It just, like, has this, like, really beautiful presence about it. It's just, I don't know, really calming. And um, we meet, like, the cutest couple. They have little kids, and they're talking about their Bible study. And it just feels good. Because, you know, when you walk into a room and you're like, it didn't feel like that. Um, so we start looking around the house and it has two primary bedrooms and we're like, huh, that's weird. We didn't see that because they didn't post a picture of the master. They only showed the, what they were, their kids were staying in. So we didn't know that it had two, um, master bedrooms. And so we're like looking around and like, 
me and my husband feel in our heart like this is our house but this is way out of our price range and we don't need this big of a house and then my parents later we found out they felt the exact same way and so they're looking and we're kind of like looking at each other like you feeling what I'm feeling (laughs) um and so we talk to them they're sweet and we leave and we're all kind of like well y'all could live in that bedroom and we could live in that bedroom And then 20 minutes after we leave the house, they got the call that they did not get their dream house. And so we're like, okay, let's think further about this. Um, And so then we start thinking about it more more seriously. And we're like, we didn't plan on living. And that, oh, I'll say that too. I have three siblings and all of them, I'm the youngest of four, all of them have moved back home and I'm way younger than all of them. So they moved back in when I was growing up, all of them moved back in. So like I always had my siblings, but they were just like married when they came back home. Um, with nothing wrong with that. But I was always like, I will never, ever go back home. Never. Well, I now live with them. So, oops, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> so you, people know where this is going. Um, so then we're like, let's talk about this seriously. We went back, blah, blah, blah. And then remember, this is still during the time where nobody is offering less nobody's getting their house and nobody is for sale by owner nobody does for sale by owner during the COVID stuff and so it was for sale by owner and um and actually during 2020 she had renovated it a bunch and it was like she had done a bunch of stuff anyways um so we talked to my parents and then we were like, well, what do we offer them? And we all four had different ideas of what we should offer. And so my dad was like, well, let's all put a number in and then let's divide it and bring the average or however you would figure out the average. I don't know. My husband's the one who does the math. No, you did it. You did it right. Yeah. Okay. That sounds right. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, so then we came up with this random number, like down to like the last numbers were like 75. I'm sure these people are like, what? Um, so we offered it to them and the next day they called and they said that, uh, we got it. It's like, you have the prayer. It's answered differently than you think. You have to go with that peace and then it's going to be a journey to get to your freedom and it's going to look different, but you have to go through that to change your heart for what God has for you to prepare the way for you. And um, I think in this situation, we had to go for the very first house. And if we wouldn't have, we wouldn't get to where we were going. We would have never moved in with my parents. We would have never sold our house. That was never the plan. And I think you just have to follow the peace of the Holy Spirit and the peace of God, even when it doesn't make sense, because it's a different journey than what you thought. And so our schooling were paid off, but such in a different way than we ever, ever thought. And then God had this plan for us to live with our parents. And so then also that's that. Oh, I need to go back to that. So my parents had that prayer of uh, we want to be mortgage free. And then we had the prayer of we want to be um, school loan debt free. Well, then we used all of our equity to pay off Zach's school loans. So then we didn't have a down payment. So every house that we were offering was making the interest and all that stuff just terrible. Um, and then my parents were paying to be mortgage, praying to be mortgage free. So whenever we found this house, they took all of the equity of their home and put down a huge down payment. 
Well, then now they don't have a mortgage. And then now we have a huge down payment that helps our, you know, mortgage payment and the rates and all that stuff. So out of that, we both got our answered prayer, but we just didn't think that we would be each other's answer for that. What's kind of funny is when I talked about that gateway sermon or that conference that I didn't, the conference that we went to, um, whenever I found out my cousin and we were struggling with all that, he talked about the Israelites. And literally today that came back into my heart. And I was like, oh, Lord, thank you, because that brought that back. And then, um, I don't know, it was just in my spirit today. So I feel like it kind of relates. So this is... This is when the Israelites are going, crossing the sea. So this is Exodus 13, 17, crossing the sea. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country. So that was shorter. For that was shorter. For God said if they faced war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. And that kind of stuck with me because I was like, it would have been so much easier, but I had to go that long route because sometimes if you go the short way, then you're going to go back to what you have, and that's where he refines you. Then we're going to skip ahead to Exodus 14, 13. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need to only be still. And I think so many times we try to make things happen, and we try to fight our own battles, but if we're, like it says, the Lord will fight for you, you need to only be still. Every single time I've tried to plan, we've been talking about control at church. I always just say, like, I'm a planner, but planning can be controlling because it has to go to your plan. So um, I did that a lot during the season of, like, well, we could get this house, and then I could just, I just, it's fine. I can patch up that huge hole that's right there. It's okay. <laughs> um, but whatever you're fighting today, it might be something so different than me, but do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord for whatever you're going through. Then it talks about the angels, and the, and then it says in verse 19, the angel of God who had been traveling in front of Israel's army withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of the cloud was also moved from in front and stood behind them. So it was already the angel of the God was whenever they went to the sea, it was going in front of them. But now it's behind them as well. So wherever season you're going to, God's already been in front of you. Like he already planned that house that we were going to get. He already planned how we were going to get out of debt. But also he's behind us as well. And wherever, I hope that encourages somebody that wherever you are, like he's in front of you, he's behind you. And then um, whenever it's the waters, I think about when he parted the Red Sea, there was water to the left and to the right. And I kind of put that with my story of like, to the left and to the right, people are passing away. People are getting diagnosed of stuff. Stuff's not working out, but he's already made the path, and he's before me, and he's ahead of me. And then it says that the ground is dry. So usually when water has been on the dirt, it's muddy. But whatever you're going through, as you're walking, the ground is dry. It's not going to leave a track for you behind you. Like, this isn't going to hold you back, and there's not going to be a trail behind you of, like, oh, she was in the mud. No, you're on the dry water. And then it says in 31, I underline this, they saw the great power of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians. The people feared the Lord and put their trust in him. Then you still go through the freedom, but then after the freedom, it's like, are you going to have joy? Are you going to complain about the manna that you're getting because it doesn't look the way you want it to look or whatever? So I just hope like 
whatever season somebody is in, that out of this they can be encouraged that if you felt like God told you to do something, do it. And when you start questioning it and things start happening, just do the last thing that he told you to do. Because the peace that passes all understanding, it doesn't, it never makes sense. But that peace is going to lead you and guide you and it's before you and behind you. And then you can walk through that freedom, but it's going to be hard. Like when you go through something and you're just, you think, when you think of freedom, you think of being free, just flying like a bird. But in it, like, like the Israelites, when they walked through the Red Sea, it was, it was hard and they almost went back. And I think there, there was a time when I was in my parents' basement when I was like, why did I do this? I should have stayed in my home. It was fine. It wasn't that bad. It was okay. It didn't have an open concept. Like, it was fine. <laughs> that dirty carpet was okay. That pink bathroom was fine. You know? And then, but it's like God told us to do it. So I think sometimes when you're walking through that freedom, you're like, oh, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. But just keep going because there's going to be freedom and joy on the other side. You mentioned some of the benefits when you were living in the basement and your mom was going through treatments and stuff. Mm-hmm. What has been so special about this time, this last year and a half or so? That's a good question. Thank you for asking that. Um, So we thought, Zach and I, when we bought the house with my parents, once again, we put a time limit on it and we were like, okay, we're going to buy this house. And then in three years, we're going to buy my parents out. Um, And then they'll probably move to like a little house or something cute for them. Um, And we thought it was more of like a financial blessing. We just kept looking at finances. And I think that for Zach and I, we always think of finances as a blessing. Like if we got the finances to pay off debt, then that was the biggest blessing. But that is not the biggest blessing from God. Like money means nothing to him. The value is nothing to him. It's our heart. But then also like his biggest blessing is him and revealing himself to him, to us. Um, so we have realized in this past year that the biggest benefit is that we are around my parents and they're around my children. And my parents are very wise people. Um here at their church, they like do marriage counseling, and my dad has been in um, the ministry for since I was born, um, and so they have a lot of wisdom. And I think that we, first of all, I think we're going to live with them forever now. Like we we can't imagine not living with them because now we've lived with them for two years. But that was hard at first because we're like, who's the man of the house here? Like, there's two families here. Like, do we eat dinner together? Um, who pays what? Like that was kind of we had, we figured that out, and that took about a little bit. Um, or like at first, I was like, "Are my kids being too messy? Like I got to clean up." But all that's gone now. Um, not just normal, but we have gotten the benefit of having like a spiritual. I don't I don't know how to say it, but other than it's when you have accountability. Okay, yeah, when you have accountability, it pulls you up. And even maybe once you walk out of freedom, then get an accountability partner to help you keep that freedom because I'm not going to yell at my husband or snap at him when my dad is standing right there. Um, I'm not going to scream at my kids when my mom is standing right there. Not because I want their affirmation, but because like I respect them and I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm not going to not mow the grass now like the things that we were probably lazy about um at our old house we're like oh we got to do that because we got accountability we got roommates now um (laughs) so I think that it's been so good for us and for my children too 
it's such it's way more of a blessing than we ever ever expected and we are so grateful for them because they're like I'll walk past my dad and he's teaching with something out of the Bible like hey wit when this happened da, 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 da. and I'm just like that is I I, I mean I, I mean yeah a lot of your privacy is gone with you when, when you live with somebody but or any of the pr- cons there's not really that many cons like we'd see as a big pro now but um it's just been a, a big blessing and then like for instance me and my husband go work out in the morning and we leave our kids sleeping and my parents are there or like after we put them to bed they're like hey go eat dinner and my husband and I have never been closer than we are now because my parents are sowing seeds into our marriage by staying there when our kids are asleep or whatever things that the last nine years of our marriage I've had babies and we you know we couldn't go do stuff because you know it just feels like God is giving us a different blessing than we expected out of all of this and we see that huge blessing now of like a spiritual blessing more than a free of college loans okay ladies I love Stephanie's story how did you guys get out of it one of the things I thought was really special is even though the parts of her story that she focused in on weren't going the way that she thought like with the house and living with her parents for what was supposed to be three months turned into a year and now has been a couple years and um, forever yeah forever. <laughs> um how like faithful the lord was to show her the benefits of that relationship and that um circumstance like she mentioned with wit like sitting down with the, her, his grandpa to like hear some wisdom or them being able to go out on dates um, and some of that where I think we can tend to focus on how we're inconvenienced or how the negative things um, even being able to live with her mom through her lymphoma di- diagnosis and the loss of her cousin and her grip like all the things like it was so special that they were together mm-hmm. um, because I think if they hadn't been, it would have just been different, you know? And um, and I think for me, I was telling y'all, I've been taking a class that has required me to go down to Dallas once a month, and I've gotten to stay with my grandma every time, and it's been so special. And it's not common that as adult grandchildren or children, you get to spend that much quality time with your elders. And, um, and so I just am so thankful for her and their relationship, her story that she would share with us that, you know, like she's getting to walk that out and show us what it could look like. And I think in other cultures, and even if you look throughout the the Bible, grandparents were a valued part of a family. Mm-hmm. And to live together multi-generationally was not unusual. And to have the wisdom of the grandparents to help raise the children. And, you know, we're just almost rediscovering this thing that has been a part of the human story. Mm-hmm. And I do love that. I remember very early on, one of the best parts of living there, she's like, uh, we're going out for a date tonight because the kids are in bed and my parents are there. So she kind of realized the benefits even during the hard time that has turned into the greatest benefit of all. Yeah. 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 I love that. I'm borderline jealous, maybe, of that <laughs> idea. I think, we, I think everyone probably was like, hmm. It's like you weigh the cost, you know, weigh yeah. the, the cost and the, the benefit. Um. I think when I I was listening to Stephanie's story, she said something uh, towards the end. And I think it was actually when she was talking about, you know, the blessing that 
living with her parents actually turned into. And so it kind of dovetails on what you just said, Sharisa. Um, but she was talking about not limiting the blessing, like God's blessing in your life, you know, because she had thought the blessing was financial, um, you know, like we're out of debt. Yes, that's it. Like, thank you, God, for blessing us. And that was almost like momentary, you know, like that was temporal. That was, well, that's here and gone and, you know, we're on to the next thing. But the bigger blessing has been the relationship and the the depth of relationship that they now have with um, with her parents, but then also with her, with each other, like she was saying between her and Zach too, like she wouldn't have even planned that blessing, you know, or had probably even thought that any of that would have come about from the way, from what God was doing in their life. And so just the idea of like not limiting God's blessing in our life, we have a tendency to limit God in so many different ways and, in Oftentimes, you know, it's good or bad or, you know, whatever. But um, how often do we think about like, oh, I also limit the good things that he can do in my life, you know, like almost like being afraid of his abundance or feeling like I don't deserve it or, you know, that couldn't possibly be in God's cards for me. Um, But like, you're not God. So just (laughs) do what he says, you know, follow him and like let him let him do what he's going to do. Yeah. So. I think that's so good, isn't it? And nothing about her story looked like what she thought it was going to look like. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was um, such a process of, of God moving pieces into place to change her heart yeah. so that she was ready for the thing that he had in store for her. And and she shared about the, the children of Israel in the wilderness. And wilderness is not a fun place. It's not a fun place to be in your parents' basement on a mattress and your child's <laughs> sleeping on the floor. And you maybe feel, one night. <laughs> may, yeah, maybe for a night or, you know, for the couple weeks that they had originally planned that turned into three months that turned into a year. Um, that's, that's exactly like the wilderness, actually. 100%. <laughs> that should have taken a few, you know, weeks, and they spent years mm, wandering. And so her, her story is the wilderness, and yet – she was able to find joy in the wilderness. I mean, mm-hmm. what we're talking about in her yeah. time with her parents. And and just to finally say, okay, God, what, what is it that you have for us? And to see this beautiful um, example of God's faithfulness that he hadn't forgotten them. They mm-hmm. weren't in sin. They weren't messing yeah. up. There was just a timing to all this that she had not um, anticipated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the wilderness is a hard place. But God is still there in the wilderness. God yeah. made provision in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. The manna was there. God's presence was there with his fire by night and his cloud, uh, by, cloud day. by day. Thank you. <laughs> I, <laughs> I said, said it backwards. You know so. when you say it backwards? <laughs> yeah. So it, his presence was there. And I have heard people uh, quite a few times say, I felt the closest to God in the hardest times of my life. Mm-hmm. And when things are going really well, I didn't feel him. In the yeah. same way, and not that it's any not that he's not there, it's that we're so desperate for him. Mm-hmm. We are watching for the cloud and the fire, mm-hmm. and um, I, I think Stephanie's story is a great example yeah. of that. I think it it makes a better story too. You know yeah. what I mean? Like just the the unforeseenness of it, yeah. and you know, like any any wilderness makes the story better I think because there's a higher degree of like redemption or a payout in the end 
because so often we tend to ignore the red flags and think this is what I'm supposed to do like I'm I shouldn't be living in my parents basement anymore so like this house will do kind of like she said like there were so many times I thought about settling and I think we often do that in our story too and like our story isn't bad or ugly any necessarily but it could have been so much better if we, we rush just, it yeah 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 it goes back to that control that you mentioned in yeah. the beginning it's we're we know the way the prayer should be answered yeah yeah <laughs> god i've already figured this out for you yeah. <laughs> i got it yeah and if we will just be there in the midst of the hard and the difficult and we sometimes call it the messy yeah. parts of our story and trust that god has something on the other side and if I just hang in here, yeah. I'm, I'm going to see his faithfulness in a way I couldn't if I circumvented the story. This has been another episode of the City Women Podcast. We pray today's conversation has encouraged you and given you a deeper perspective of how the Lord continues to work and move in all the parts of our stories. If you have questions or would like to share your own story with us, please email us at citywomen at citychurchok.com or click the link in our show notes. Please share this episode with a friend and invite others to listen along with you this season. We'll be back next week with another amazing story. And in the meantime, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at citywomenok. Okay.